back to, welcome back to Redfalls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Chris. And today we are talking about the continuation of the game playing. We are talking about Saw 3 and 4. How are we feeling about this? Uh, so <laughs> the audience and myself have passed the first test. Oh, God. I gotta say, I gotta say, right now, my, my, I put my cicada rhythms, I, I poured it all into a cup, and I put it to a blender, and then it's down the drain, and now I'm so tired. But it's okay, because Saw 3 and 4 is on deck, and I'm excited to talk about this. Um, So let's get right into it. So if you missed... Last week's episode, uh, we started a uh, a podcast marathon. So this is the second episode, the, f- the last one. So just go one episode behind on our RSS feed. You can listen to Saw 1 and 2 uh, and listen to our thoughts. And now we are on 3 and 4. Um, and yeah, so I mean, if you're listening to this now, just give it a pause. Uh, go back to the last episode, give it a listen. And press play on this episode. Um, and for those who just maybe just want to jump right in, or maybe you've already seen the first two and uh, you're just curious, uh, here's a quick pitch about Saw 3. Uh, this is from imdb.com. So, quote, Jigsaw abducts a doctor to keep himself alive while he watches his new apprentice put an unlucky citizen named Jeff through a brutal test. Fuck Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Jeff is not a smart person. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, I mean, they're not real. I mean, well, I mean, under under duress and under tons of adrenaline and pain, uh, you tend to make a lot of stupid decisions. Um, you know, anyway. I mean, uh, that's that's part of the... I mean, well, I, I think... Okay, between Jeff and Riggs, I don't like... I think J- Riggs is the stupider of the two. Uh, that's my hot take. Uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, and Saw 4, uh, the elevator pitch, quote, despite Dixaw... Oh, Dixaw, that'll be painful. <laughs> Dixaw, yes. The not-safe-for-work version of... I'm so tired. I'm sorry, sorry. Come on, power through no. it! <laughs> Despite Jigsaw's death, and in order to save the lives of two of his colleagues, Lieutenant Rigg, uh, so this is one of the police officers we see in the first... No, he, I think it was in both, both movies. Rigg? Uh, Lieutenant Rigg, Rigg uh, is forced fir- to... Yeah, Rigg was in the first two. Yes, yes. Uh, is uh, He's forced to take part in a new game, which promises to test him to the limit. Um, so... Uh, the Saw 3 and 4 continue, and they are intricate. They're very much linked with the first two. Like, they pretty much take place. Well, actually, I lied. Um, it takes. Uh, 3 and 4 takes place at least six months after the events of Saw 2 when Detective Matthews goes missing. Um, but. As as we see with uh, the first two movies, three and four plays a lot with time, and it tries to misdirect you. 
So, but for for clarity's sake, three and four technically take place at the same exact time or concurrently. Uh, but we'll review it one after the other. Starting with three, Ryan, what are your hot takes on Saw Three? I loved Saw Three. It felt like a closer, even though the ending leaves room for something else to happen. You are, or you should be fine with uh, either outcome happening. And I just remember being really satisfied with this being the third movie. And I wasn't disappointed that there was a fourth, but this is the last Saw film so far, if at all, that's based on a story and written by Lee Winnell and James Wan, specifically Lee Winnell. This is also the second one of the trilogy of the original, I guess, quote unquote, trilogy that was directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman as well. I, again, like I said, I loved Saw 3. I think that it had the same impact as the first two and it just, it tied everything up really, really tightly and with a neat little bow. And usually that irritates me when it comes to horror movies, but not with this one. I, I really like this film because it, I mean, I guess, you know, good things come in threes. I would be happy if Saw 3 ended as or just ended the entire trilogy and that was it for a while unless they gave it a couple of years and they gave it like a, a new take or maybe a reboot. I think Saw 3 ended the narrative arc between John and Amanda really well and it was a really satisfying way to at least end their part of the story. Um, starting with Saw 4, it moves on into a new Jigsaw a new apprentice, one that's not Amanda. Which they planted the seeds for in, I believe, the third one, if not the second one as well. But I think at the core, the, I think what makes it great, I think the chemistry between Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith is so strong. And like, you could really, I think the, their chemistry and their story and their their energy are, are so dynamic and they, they flow so well. And... I loved how they take the chemistry and it turned it on its head because I mean it's not so much as a twist. I mean even even the the directors uh, themselves they were mentioning how it wasn't so much as a twist they were going for, but just like a really strongly emotional narrative arc at the end. And I guess you could I mean you could argue as a twist like um uh I mean it's kind of part of the saw bible so to speak you always have to have like some great reveal at the end and i think the you could predict you could predict the ending uh pretty easily they they give you a lot of heavy-handed clues but like this the resolution and execution was still great so like the entire the, um i guess like b plot the the hidden truth of the the, the real game was you know uh jigsaw was disappointed in amanda because she didn't take all of his lessons to heart. She's setting up impossible puzzles for people to solve. And she's basically just vengeance killing people and not letting them live, not letting them learn the lesson. Oh yeah, Detective Carrie points that out. She says, well, why did you have to break down the door? And he says, because the door was welded shut. And she's like, that's not Jigsaw. He always makes it so you can get out if you make it within his time frame. Ex exactly. And then, I mean, the, the whole crux of Jigsaw's metagame is like, well, I'm gonna, I'm Amanda, I'm giving you a ch one last chance. The game is, you know, can you let someone live? 
it just ends in tragedy for like every like it's like this is a literal greek tragedy everyone dies and even our protagonist quote unquote which you know tobin bell uh john kramer and amanda and it, it, it just seals it home in a really delightful and grisly way in classic saw fashion and this is why we get this is where we get the jeff Jeff like ha doesn't learn his lesson and it, because of him like everyone else dies and it's a bleak schlocky ending and I really liked it. What I like about Amanda's timeline with this movie is that everything that Jigsaw says he says to get a rise out of her to see how far he can push her because he wants to see if she has truly learned what she was supposed to learn and come to grips with who she's supposed to be. He even goes so far as to say, no, 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 we don't need anything, Amanda. We don't need anything from you, Amanda, or I despise murders. Like, as I said from Saw 1, whether it's Jigsaw's conversation or his instructions in his tapes, Jigsaw gives you all the information you need when he speaks to you. It's all about if you're listening. And the lack of listening and the lack of understanding is what gets you into trouble and is why you fail his traps. And I love that thread with all of this. So after seeing Saw 4, I'm curious as to see where the rest of this is going to go because I've only seen Saw 5 once and I don't remember anything about it. And I haven't seen the rest of them, so I'm curious. Well, I mean, logically, I feel like the Saw 5 would explore more about Hoffman and how he became the apprentice. If you think about it though, it's very intelligent of Jigsaw to make an apprentice as a cop. Yeah, it's it's been a very, very long time since I've seen Saw 5 as well. Um, I mean, I know we're jumping a little bit ahead, but like I had, I completely, oh, jumping ahead to Saw 4, I had no idea like Peter, uh, who the uh, one of the FBI characters was. I definitely did not remember that character uh, and since since saw has a habit of reusing b characters side characters and making them the main character in the next story uh i think like hoffman and um what's his name peter peter strad strad the guy who kills jeff at um in saw four the fbi agent yes i think they're they're gonna have like a cat and mouse kind of game in saw five which would be nice I mean, so put so put it this way. At the end, a, a part of the thing in Saw Three is even Jigsaw says to Amanda, "I cleaned up your mess when it came to Detective Matthews. She left him. He was like, you left him for dead, didn't you? And I cleaned up your mess again. Jigsaw being extremely deliberate with his language. He, she did leave him for dead, bleeding to death in a hallway, and Jigsaw pulled him out of the way and then kept him alive." after that. So he was around, or Hoffman kept him alive for Saw 4, because Detective Matthews comes back. Now, originally, he wasn't supposed to come back because there was a scheduling conflict with Donnie Wahlberg, and he wasn't going to be around to rep to reprise his role. But uh, after his schedule freed up, they quickly wrote him back into the script. What I what I really loved about the Saw 3 production was uh, the, <laughs> the production studio, they went to incredible lengths trying to convince the audience that Donnie Wahlberg didn't have a significant role aside from like brief flashbacks to their previous films. Like they removed his name from like all scripts and all production from the credits. So when we go into that cold open 
where we see Detective Matthews uh, escape from the bathroom like minutes after Saw 2 ended, at least canonically, it's supposed to be a big reveal and a huge surprise. Now, it's been a really long time since I've seen Saw 3. I, I, I actually, it's been so long. I honestly don't remember if I saw it first in theaters or saw it on DVD. Yeah, I don't remember if I had like a oh shit moment, but I thought it was like a really nice touch, uh, at least for uh, like knowing that bit of background trivia how you know they tried to subvert everyone's expectations but i don't know were you do you remember when you first watched author were you expecting matthews to escape or did you have a feeling like at the nsl too oh yeah matthews is gonna come back or he's not i had a feeling he was gonna play a part in Saw 3. I didn't think it would be too significant, but I really, really thought they were going to kill him because the traps at the beginning of Saw 3 really, really reflect Amanda. And that's why I feel like a lot of the traps got more elaborate and brutal because it was to reflect her, not Jigsaw. Her games were unwinnable. So I was like, if he's alive at the end of the second movie, he's not going to be alive at the end of the third one. Because if this is the new vision of Jigsaw and her games are unwinnable, then everyone's screwed. The new Jigsaw can't have like unwinnable games. She's basically just a murderer at this point. Up until this point, yeah, sure, Jigsaw hasn't actually killed anybody. He makes his, he makes it so you will live. And that was his whole message to begin with. Cherish your life, appreciate the life you've been given. Yeah, meanwhile, Amanda like takes a plastic bag and straight up suffocates Adam. Uh, um, as a, as a form of like mercy killing, if you could call it that. Well, because she kept she kept having nightmares about him dying. I guess it was the idea of him of of a slow death instead of a quick death. Uh, that was tearing apart her conscious so she was like oh i'll just choke him to death and that'll be fine i don't know if you know anything about choking people or suffocating them it's not quick it takes a while so i don't know what the thought process behind all of that was but i mean we established people can't they're not always smart in these kind of situations case in point Amanda. Well, I think also the thing with Amanda is Amanda started off as a heroin addict. So she goes from that to trigger warning, self-harm issue ahead. She goes from heroin to cutting to murder. So it's an addiction either way. It just graduated. Yes, yeah, so you take, you trade one vice for another. Exactly. So for her, it was full escalation at that point. And she's like, I'm not doing drugs anymore. I just get to kill people now. She never became the apprentice that John needed because it was all self-serving for her as opposed to teaching a lesson. She just wanted to kill people. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's why Jigsaw sets up the entire uh, meta game. In terms of the actual like surface level game with, with Jeff. Well, he picked him for a lot of reasons, but I think part of that was, as we learned in Saw 4, they have a relatable connection, which is they both lost a son. And... While John never got to become a father, he understand. I guess he understands to a degree the ability to love someone like that. So it's like, I know you're going to do anything for your kids. So I guess he had hoped that he would have made the correct decisions for his family at that point, which Jeff was one of those people when you're in the right stage of grief, uh, you're not thinking clearly at all and it's all very one track mind so 
he did everything wrong. I can understand Jigsaw's uh, motivations in terms of the other kid. So in Saw 4, we get a lot of backstory about John and what even more context of what led him down this path. And so it wasn't just the cancer. It was the car accident. It was his kid. It was cancer. It was a whole bunch of shit. And like the idea of of like of chaos, like um, his wife or his ex-wife was, was saying that uh, uh, John was a civil engineer. So he, he has this war view that he reused like the world and as machines or as a system or a construct, like they, it works Things work in a ex like a very mechanical fashion, and he arranges his life around that sort of thing as well. Like he meticulously planned every facet of his life, including having a child. And when law, when the universe throws some entropy or some chaos in, you know that throws his mind into a bender. And you could say uh, John is trying to he's trying to figure out why life isn't fair, or why life is random, or why life is chaotic especially in terms of morality he says why do a good person can do a good thing but then just get killed or a person can you know do bad do crime and get away with it so where's the fairness where's the logic where's the order in that um so i know this is getting like really high-minded stuff you could say like jigsaw is trying to create order out of chaos i i'll bite with really fucked up traps and puzzles so going back to jeff i think you know i can see why he targeted jeff especially because he was the type of person who's so consumed with grief for like nicholas's wife and nicholas's daughter and i think from jigsaws what we what we learned from jigsaw and software i feel like maybe neglecting the child that someone else is so lucky to have and he never got is like the greater sin. I mean, that being said, I don't know if he's being a hypocrite because like, yes, he lost his child, but Jigsaw himself like neglected and left his wife. There are certain facets of John that he, that I saw in Amanda watching it that I'm only making a quasi connection with after hearing you say that. So in Saw 3, when you're, when you're watching Amanda, you see and feel her brutality but she can't stand the idea of of losing john so to be faced with her own mortality she's content with but to deal with the reality of his scares her to death so that's her family so the idea of losing that scares the bejesus out of her the same thing happened to john john fucking crumbled when he lost his family and the same thing sort of happens with with jeff to a to a degree he loses his son and completely fucking buckles. They lose their wife and he's left with his kid that's just sort of there. And uh, we don't really, I mean, we don't really know what happens to her yet, but I'm assuming she's still alive. Yeah, that's a, well, I guess it's not a plot hole because you haven't watched the rest of the films, but like it seemed like Saw 4 completed disregard. It's like, oh yeah, Jeff had a kid who was locked up somewhere else, but... We're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on Rig. Yeah, but, you know, Rig's lesson was very Jigsaw-esque, too. And again, everything... Uh, Hoffman is playing the dutiful um, apprentice extremely well. He laid everything out in front of us just like Jigsaw would have. And yet, we somehow... I don't know if how many people saw the twist coming, but I got to tell you, the first time I saw Saw 4, I didn't see it coming. So he they laid that trap for lack of a better word extremely well so even though i didn't see the need for a saw four 
you can tell that the voice is a little different writing wise but it wasn't bad yeah i think it was it was software where uh, it's a, it's a it was a pair of two different two new writers yes it's a comp and i think that they write four five six and seven and then somebody else does jigsaw the movie yes uh, i think you're right and then i know for this particular film when they submitted their pitch or their script they didn't realize there was a saw bible they had to follow i mean they they had like a whole a bunch of ideas they were you're messing around with and after that after the fact they find out about they found out about the saw bible but the studio liked their idea so much so they they got away with it which is really cool so i i started watching some of the extras because i have the director's cut for all of these i don't know if there's a huge difference i gotta be honest that's why i feel about i i've been watching um the unrated version actually i don't even know if the unrated version is different from the director's cut after watching the four movies it just it seemed like exactly the same cut I've seen in theaters. So I was like, okay. Yeah, nothing has felt like it's added anything so far. Where's the more gore? <laughs> I feel like we're about to get it with every new episode that we get into. Tonally, at least, I mean, it makes sense for Saw 3. Tonally and narratively makes more sense. Because Amanda's uh, set up a lot of the more grisly traps where it was an escapable, no-in scenario. So they, it would make sense for a lot of these traps to feel more gruesome. And I think it's all for... It's all for... This is... I definitely feel where the stewards were like, yo, we gotta outdo ourselves. What can we What can we do in Saw 4 that we didn't do in the other three movies? And so by now, definitely... Definitely treading into like Saw 3, but def like well into it in Saw 4. You're in like full torture porn mode. Um, I mean, and depending on your cup of tea, you can like it, uh, you can hate it, or you can be like meh. When I was watching Saw 4, I don't know, I just didn't feel as entertained as by some of the puzzles, except for the last one, the, the final one. I thought it was really, really cool. Actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. I love the mausoleum one. The one where Art, the lawyer, his mouth is sewn shut and the other guy is blind and they have to like fight each other uh, to get each other's keys. And there's like a, a giant chain that's pulling them together. I, I hands that. I love that. That's like the one I love the most. The rest of the ones in Saw 4, I'd be like, eh, it's meh. I don't know. I, it just seemed, I think it seemed to me like they were trying too hard to like gross you out. Especially the one, the serial rapist guy. I, I I can see what they're going for. I just, it didn't really do anything for me. It's like, okay. Well, okay. So one of the girls in the photos in that hotel room was Darren Lynn Bellsman's then girlfriend, now wife. I think it's awkward. <laughs> That's weird. Well, I mean, so it wouldn't be the first time she does something for one of his movies. Not to get off, too far off track. I was going to mention this. A little bit later, but Darren Lynn Bellsman directed Saw 4 in 2007, and while he was filming Saw 4, he was doing pre-production work and production work on Repo the Genetic Opera, which would come out in 2008, and his girlfriend actually uh, casted her face for the movie and one of the characters in repo the genetic opera is actually wearing her face for the majority of the movie that's awesome she loves him very much <laughs> <laughs> since we were talking about traps two things uh just 
before I mentioned what I liked about the traps in Saw 4. In Saw 3, one of the extra tidbits that I took away from it was that the traps in Saw 3 were supposed to come from a more physical and emotional place, which I think you could really feel. You could feel Amanda's hate and her anger in what she did. I think the cruelest one was the was the angel trap that Detective Carrie was in. She got the key out, unlocked the lock, but she was tied in no matter what was gonna happen. And it ripped out her ribcage. It's a very cool, like, visual trap. I, you have to be some sadistic kind of, like, sadistic fuckhead to, to come up with that and deal with that. As far as Saw 4, I think my, one of my favorite traps was the one that I think sort of uh, displayed John's uh, engineering capability, which was the one that Detective Matthews and Hoffman were on. The ice melts if Detective Matthews dies and goes limp. Uh, water will seep onto the dead bolted floor and electrocute Hoffman. I thought that that was quite clever. And it wasn't the most inventive trap, but I enjoyed it. I think that the one with the pervert was nice. It was sacrifice your body or your pervy eyeballs. I thought that was great. Uh, I wasn't uh, too much of a fan of this scalper because, you know, scalping live people, not quite my favorite thing in the world. Uh, the the the, yeah, the couple and like the the iron rebar is stuck through the oh i forgot about the couple that's a good one i okay if you were in that situation could you do it uh i don't know i i, I don't know um i mean assuming i was someone who was horribly abused by a significant other and like i had repressive feelings maybe but like it's still pretty fucked up oh yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if i can have it have it in me uh, I don't know, I mean, but that's the other thing about the Saw movies, like, you could be surprised of what you can do, uh, or what you're willing to do to get out of situations, or it's like one of those make or break situations. But were they elaborate in this one? No. Were they clever? Mildly. I think, I, I think the problem with Saw 4 was that there was so much going on and there was so much converging on storylines that it was hard to keep track of. Yeah, this is one of those movies where you need like a like a flash card or like a cork board with strings because like there's there's like three different like movies happening all at the same time and or there's there's so many be uh there's like the A plot, B plot, and C plot, and I it's I, yeah I definitely agree. It's it's easy to lose track, and I, I think from a right story or like a writing standpoint, like it's a nice it's a nice challenge, and um it's also like an arms race. You want to try to keep the audience guessing because after three Saw movies, you know they they the audience itself knows what to expect. They want, the audience already knows or they're going to be looking for clues because they know there's going to be a big twist uh, or a big reveal. So I, I can see why the story gets a little bit convoluted, not just to like throw the audience to a bender, but also to try to live into the spirit or the original spirit of the first two movies, like try to keep it as a mystery thriller. I think when you're moving, if you're dealing with that many moving parts and that many moving storylines and trying to wrap it all neatly, as well as the same time set up a cliffhanger at the same time, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty tall order. And I, I think they did a reasonable job. I mean, I, I wouldn't know how I could have done better, honestly. I, I think that you could have trimmed the fat on some of the stories 
and it could have still made a very coherent movie. What I do, what I did really enjoy about Saw 4 was all the characters from the previous three movies that you sort of could trace back why John would have picked them. So the prostitute that hits on him in the parking lot while he's waiting for his life was Addie from Saw 2. The guy that the... Um, drug addict gets shoved by in the clinic lobby is the guy that takes the bullet to the eye in Saw 2. So you see, you sort of see the origins of how all this happened and where John might have decided to pick these people from. You notice that after they lose their baby, his attitude changes from cherish your life as like this thing that's uplifting to you can't help all these people, they need to help themselves first. And that attitude shift really shows you the beginnings of Jigsaw and how, again, his deliberateness of everything that he does. He took something that started out as an uplifting message of cherish your life and turned it into, yeah, cherish the life you have. Why are you wasting it, you selfish piece of shit? So while he doesn't come from necessarily a place of brutality, he's coming from a place of twisted morality. And again, I think that that's what resonates with people, especially with the first three movies. You still had some semblance of that with Saw 4. So it's not unredeemable. But knowing that I don't think there's too many other things you can do now at this point. I think it's just going to be sheer brutality and about the elaborateness of the traps from here on out. So uh, I'm nervous and excited and mildly concerned for the rest of the franchise, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a great writing exercise. Whether whether or not you're a seasoned veteran or just trying trying out, like you're just fresh just fresh off from film school you know when you're dealing with all these story plots and threads and character motivations like learn like i feel like saw is one of those movies where it really challenges you to think on your feet and learn how to write your way out of a corner because um i mean i i guess i mean that's that's the i guess that's the maximum of all sequels but i feel like there's a special place the saw movies in, in general is like well where the heck are we going now oh we have this side character let's let's bring him to the forefront what makes them tick oh Riggs. well he has a hero complex what can we do with that oh let's make traps where he's supposed to just ignore them and he gets punished if he intervenes or if he intervenes like he does he starts the trap like for example i thought that was something i never i didn't never noticed when the original or when i originally watched the film where it was a scene where it had the prostitute and once he threw off the pig mask entirely off her head it then triggers like the grenade pin that starts the the, the rack in her chair which is really cool that was like a really subtle uh, at least i thought it was a subtle nice touch it's like oh shit and like and then you, you see that theme repeat over and over until you get to the final denouement or final climax where Riggs rushes in and like the hot-headed hero that he is and he just again Greek tragedy everyone dies but yeah I'm I'm curious to see what we or how the writers write themselves out of the corner so to speak for Saw 5 because like I I definitely have the FBI agents that come into play because I remember correctly the other Peter's Peter's partner's not dead she just gets a bunch of shrapnel on her face, but I don't think she died yet. 
so she could come into play. No, she's not. She's not dead. But also, don't forget the FBI agent. So the whole thing with Soft Four was that the Jeff storyline was happening simultaneously with Riggs's, but in two different places. So he died in one end of the warehouse, and the FBI agent had tracked Jeff down, found the end of that, shoots Jeff. And then he gets locked in that room by Hoffman, but he doesn't see Hoffman. So there's still there's still a little bit to play with there. And also at the beginning of Saul 4, we see Hoffman uh, come into the autopsy room and remove the wax tape from John's stomach. Which you saw him pouring wax over a cassette in Saw 3, and you're like, the fuck is he doing with that? Yeah, so basically that scene takes place after the events of Saw 3 and 4 are combined. So there's that. So you, we don't really know yet if that tape is meant for Hoffman or it's just meant as a general message to anyone who, any police member, any person who ha- just happens to tape or listens to the tape. It's like, I'm not dead. Well, yes, I am dead. But my legacy will, be, will live on. And we don't really know how long after the end of Saw 3 and 4, this brief teaser or cliffhanger, what do you want to call it, takes place. Because right at the end, like, Hoffman is, like, still... It seems pretty... It seems pretty close. It's pretty close? Okay. I think so. That's the way it seems. I think it's... it's, it's I'm, gonna, I'm curious, but, like, um... I can already say, like... Definitely by Saw 4, it's like, okay, um... I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much or as fervently as I like with saw one and two and again i i understand i'm i'm being really biased or I, my judgment is colored because like i think hands down i still think saw two saw one and two are the most quintessential i think they're the most i think they encapsulate the what makes it so great between like the engineer the traps uh that indie feeling and then having that strong philosophical existential core that that, that in Saw 4, I think it's more of an interesting character study about Riggs as opposed to like a philosophical discussion, which is, which is, I'm not, I'm not saying what, what is better than the other. I just think that, I think after three or four films, I think, I think it, it does become a matter of like a dead horse. Like how many times could you broach on the same theme? But I think I, I, at the same time, I still like how software takes some, takes some risks in this, in the, in the writing. Like for example, this is like the first, well, no, actually I, I lied. There, there was, um, Saw 1 had a lot of traps where it had a person run around in the open, but I think with Riggs traps, like. This, I think it was it was definitely different than the others where he was running like basically all across the city, uh, going to different rooms and different houses and solving different traps, which is not something we've explicitly seen before. So I thought that was something new and interesting. Uh, and it just goes to show like how Jigsaw and Hoffman are operating on like fourth dimensional chess level of genius. Just to, like the sheer amount of logistics just to pull all off and all at the same time like they're, they're dealing with like five different trap scenarios at once i the dealing with five different traps all at once i don't think is nearly as uh cumbersome as dealing with five traps at once and four different storylines all coming together i i think that had they picked one or the other you would have been a little bit better off i like the traps i think that that's why people watch saw with the exception uh actually i think saw four was the first saw film 
thus far that didn't start out with someone in a trap started with the autopsy and then it went to a trap well i think that made sense i think it made sense i think it it was trying to set up for the cliffhanger denouement right and i think that as long as they keep it interesting and they keep the audience on their toes in a way that benefits them and uh doesn't make us go oh really uh i think that we're gonna enjoy the rest of this franchise so i remember like it, when we first start, started this i know it's only been one episode but i remember the first saw really well i remembered the second saw really well the third one i had a vague recollection of like i remembered the end i remembered a lot of it surrounded about amanda but i completely forgot jeff and now i know why and saw four the only thing i could remember about it was the way detective matthews got killed <laughs> honestly i completely forgot about i know he died I just, I just didn't remember like the final test. I oh no, and I remembered the trap with the, where the girl gets um, scalped. So those are the only two things that I remembered, but I couldn't remember why. And I, I've had some vague recollection of Hoffman, but that was it. Yeah, I remember like Hoffman and like Matt Matthews standing on the ice block and the mausoleum trap at the beginning. That was pretty much all, all I remember from Saw 4. I think it's kind of fun to be watching all this again, though. Yeah, and then soon we're going to be going to uncharted territory because neither of us have seen beyond Saw 5. So after that... This is going to be good. Yes. After this, it's all fresh eyes, fresh everything. So I'm excited to see where this takes us. Any parting words of jigsaw wisdom don't be a hero <laughs> we're ending on that don't be a hero thank you guys for listening to another episode of left for dread please don't forget to rate review and subscribe literally everything helps you can listen to us on itunes google play stitcher soundcloud and spotify on every friday you can follow us on twitter and instagram at left for dread pod you can find us on facebook and don't forget to look out for us on our website at leftfordread.com mm -hmm. and if you have any comments questions or if you have any thoughts about your uh, favorite traps, favorite puzzles, your favorite characters from the Saw franchise, uh, please drop us a line, shoot us, shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet. Um, we'd love to talk to you guys. Fuck yeah. And don't forget, <gasps> stay dreadful! <gasps>